Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, we have come today to the end of our series on the Ten Commandments, which strangely enough means we are going to be talking uh, about Commandment 10, Randy. And 10, uh, I kind of like the explanation that we get with the longer version, uh, which mm-hmm. says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. Yes. That's kind of an extensive list that, that you've got a, there. It, some of it is a little antiquated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't personally, I don't know about you, I know you live in a ritzier neighborhood than I do, Randy, but I don't know that any of your neighbors would have servants. I thought you were going to mention my donkey. You, you, you shall not cover, covet my donkey. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> we, we don't have one anymore. Don't so. set me up. I uh, know. I was trying to. You, you're, you're usually known for knocking the ball out of the park when I set you up like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that, uh, that is a little antiquated there with the references to, uh, to servants and the like. Well, unless, of course... Uh, which it's not, but uh, let's say our trigger of the week uh, would be for those of us addicted to the show Downton Abbey. There you go. Then there are some rather attractive servants on that show, I suppose. Uh, yeah, that lets you uh, relate to, to having servants. Servants, yeah. The the uh, aristocracy there on that show, they do have servants. So, And some of the uh, female ones are on the attractive side or have been historically. But... Uh, let me not get too distracted by okay. that. We'll um, rein you back in to today's well, theme. Well, we're going to try to. Let's go over again, which we've done with every one of these, actually, uh, <clears throat> the main theme of uh, covering all of these commandments is that uh, the commandments are designed to draw us into a closer relationship with God, uh, a closer relationship with Christ, and uh, when God is telling us not to do something, it is probably for the benefit of doing something that would, in fact, therefore draw us closer to Him. Right. Uh, so uh, we don't need to go back over all the commandments and give our examples of that. But ten is kind of uh, kind of a long list, really, and it basically says we should not be covetous of uh, any of our neighbor's stuff and. Uh, I assume by looking at this in the Hebrew that neighbors is a really broad definition. It doesn't mean the person to your left or the person to your right of your house house or directly across the street. Um, But it really means, you know, any of your neighbors at church, any people that, you know, are in your circle of friendships or social acquaintances or just as you observe people out there in the world and... You know, they have a certain amount of stuff. Well, it's pretty relevant in our world today because uh, if you're not careful, it is easy to get caught up trying to keep up with the Joneses. Well. You know, and so when you do see someone in your neighborhood or in your community with that brand new car right. or 
you know, right. or uh, when we go to golf on a Sunday and, yeah. uh, you know, someone has just an incredible new set of clubs that you're observing while you're warming up. Uh, uh, I, it, it is easy to fall into that trap. Yeah. I have an example. You know, I like to include in the show uh, my own ownership of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed it happened this morning that I was covetous of something my neighbor has, my actual neighbor to my left. And uh, he's a very wonderful neighbor. I mean, he is a kind and gentle man. He's now retired. And uh, he takes it uh, as somewhat of one of the many acts of service he does to uh, help out his neighbors by uh, clearing their driveway of snow. Kind of turned into a retirement vocation for him. Yeah, it really has. And it's been great. Uh, I've been going through some back troubles and you know, haven't been able to shovel snow this year. Um, so this morning I'm noticing that he has a new snowblower. And, you know, he didn't have a new donkey, but he did have a new snowblower. <laughs> I think the, I think you're giving us the updated version of that very same commandment. Well, I there. think it's, you know, relevant, obviously, in terms of modern-day culture, particularly up here in the frozen north, where last night uh, in Chanhassen, where we live, uh, we had a ten and a half inch snow, so this morning we get up and with drifting and everything, uh, it's really it was substantial. Yeah, yeah, right. I see a hand out there in our audience, Aaron. So I have a question for. I know I've I've asked this question myself too. How do you know when you're actually coveting something? Because I think we can see something our neighbor has and want it, and I don't think we cross a line. But where is the line where now you're between, now you're sinning between admiration and coveting? Yeah. Well, I think that it would exist. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what basically came to me, Aaron, is that I know the line exists at Home Depot. I mean, sure. I, I know that's where they have these big uh, snowblowers over there. And I think if I uh, actually went over there to buy one, that would be crossing the line. But I also imagine that with you know one of our earlier commandments, number eight, about not stealing, I think it would cross the line if you know one night i snuck over to his garage and just uh you know took the thing or borrowed the thing uh, but uh, i'm just trying to own my own stuff that there was that twinge of thought you know maybe uh, i need one of those i mean it was bigger more powerful the snow was flying farther um, he had the ability to crank the direction of it from the handle and you know we have a very much smaller version of that and that's kind of one of the feelings you know, we are less than because we don't have this. And I think that's that's the way Satan gets us when, you know, we take in the message that uh, we are less than because we don't have these things. Well, it's always interesting when you uh, make observations like that. And you had to have been torn because on one hand you admired and probably to a certain degree, degree coveted that new snowblower of his. But at the same time, you're so grateful for his willingness to be your yeah. snowplow guy that right. you, you would just end up feeling really guilty about wanting his snowblower, right. knowing that he's the guy that does the snowblowing for you. Yeah, well, Debbie actually did the uh, 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 the the correct thing, I think, uh, spouses who are companions should do, and and uh, uh, reversed it on me, uh, you know, aiming me uh, more toward God. She said, you know... Uh, we do have a snowblower, and we should be grateful that we do. Mm-hmm. And this is that rare, large snow that we have. 
Most of the time, the one that we have is completely adequate, yeah. and uh, we should be grateful for the fact that we have that, you know, that God has provided for us. And so that's one of those times when a spouse is, she wasn't <laughs> confronting me, she was just reminding me of what's more important. I think that's the much deeper problem when you're coveting something is that you're saying to God, like, what you've given me is not good enough, yeah. and I want more, and I'm yeah. I'm jealous of this person. And that's so much worse than just being like, oh, I really wish I had what this person had. Yeah, you know, exactly. where it's the mistrust and unappreciation that we have for what God's given us. Well, I think you're right, Aaron, and you're pointing us in the right direction that, you know, I think the opposite of this, and, you know, we should not covet. Uh, so let's just flip that coin and, and say that we should be grateful. You know, another way to say this commandment is we should be grateful for, for all that we have. All that we have and what God has provided. Well, why don't we take our break at this point, and when we come back, because you can tell between the three of us, we've all got input today yeah, that's great. Uh, that's on, great. on a subject like this, and, uh, and we'll continue that, uh, that conversation. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's FaithfulAndTrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week. We're reverting back to an earlier email from one of our good friends. Won't identify the state or the name, obviously. Loyal listener. Loyal listener and alum of our Men of Valor workshop uh, who gave us a list of things. And uh, the one that uh, we're focusing on today is weight loss commercials with swimsuits and the warm weather vacation commercials. So he's kind of giving us a package there. It's a package deal. Yeah, it's a package deal where anything that involves uh, uh, people who have lost weight 
Uh, now they look much more provocative, and that's generally how they pose them in a lot of those weight loss commercials. You know, I went down, I, I was watching one last night on the evening news that uh, she went down 10 dress sizes. And while she actually looked like a million dollars, I mean, she really did. And, uh, and uh, they posed her, now that she's more self-confident evidently about herself, in a very much more provocative way. So that's what he's saying there. Then with the uh, vacation commercials, particularly the ones that we see up here in the frozen north, uh, we're going to get beach scenes, bikini-clad women. It's like automatic, isn't it? If you go to one of these beaches, you're going to run into these absolutely gorgeous women. Well, and, and it is the season right now because as, oh, soon as, yeah. as soon as we hit January 1st and people's New Year's resolutions, the yeah. weight loss clinics, the weight loss yes. programs, right. and they just work their way right into... Oh my gosh, look who just got over uh, 12 inches of snow. Let's hit them with the vacation ads. Yeah, that's right. Well, as a matter of fact, it's working because last week when I was at the airport uh, to fly down to Atlanta to do a Fight of Your Life event, uh, the airport was as crowded as I've ever seen it. This was on a Friday uh, morning, and there was some guy there in shorts and... and uh, uh, Bahama shirt, uh, Tommy Bahama shirt, a straw hat, and sandals. And I said, he had to come in out of the cold, but he'd evidently seen one of these commercials. He was quite excited about going to Cancun, and he was kind of announcing it to uh, anyone who, would, anyone hear who <laughs> would hear him, which kind of transitions us back, I think, to the commandment that uh, we can be covetous of uh, our neighbor's ability to travel uh, to have, um, you know, vacation places. Uh, I mean, these days, our neighbors, you know, we might not see in the winter here in Minnesota because they have their second home someplace else, and, you know, we can be uh, covetous of that or jealous of that. And uh, so, uh, again, I think the theme we're talking about is that there's an assumption that we all have that... Uh, God favors those who have a lot of stuff. And uh, we, we are a culture, I'm going to get deep now in terms of theology, I think, but we, we exist in a culture that was predominantly established by the Puritans coming from England and Holland and <clears throat> France and places like that. And... By and large, they were Calvinists. And by and large, they were into predestination. And by and large, that meant that they, they uh, believed that uh, there was an elect group that was going to be saved. You couldn't necessarily earn it, or so they said, but you would know who the elect are by their stuff. Oh. Uh, meaning that they had been highly successful, they would have money and riches and business success and professional success. And belongings. Uh, and belongings. And this established what many have called in the first and second centuries of our history the American work ethic. And the reason that the work ethic developed is so that we could accumulate money, accumulate stuff, and prove to our neighbors that we are the chosen ones. 
And uh, I said I was going to get in way deeper. But I think what I'm saying is that there is a theological heritage in this country that values stuff and that values uh, accomplishment even. And therefore, we get jealous thinking that uh, God has placed special favor on those who are uh, financially and materially successful. The commandment tells us quite the opposite of that, really, when you think about it, that God does not you know, uh, just pour out favor on people who um, believe in him. He's basically uh, pouring out favor on everybody that may in some cases be financial, it may not. But basically who God favors is those who, who seek to draw closer to him, I think, and to reiterate our main point, be uh, grateful for the things that we've been given. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, now, we need to make this relevant to our show, uh, to our theme of our ministry here. And you do notice embedded in this commandment is, Thou shalt not cover your neighbor's wife, uh, his male servant, or his female servant. So there's, there's explicit uh, instruction here for those of us that have ever struggled with sex addiction. Uh, that, you know, we should not covet other women. Let's just put it in a very broad category, uh, whether they're married or not, uh, like somebody else's wife, uh, or whether they're just general females out there, for those of us men. Uh, and uh, I think it's important to remember the reverse of this, and that is uh, to be grateful uh, for those of us that are married uh, for the wife that we've been given. Let's not be jealous of somebody else's wife. I guarantee you that how she appears in public is not necessarily how she is at home anyway. But uh, we think, we, we create these fantasies in our brain about what these other women would be like, what their, uh, what their attraction is, and you know they'd be more this or that. And uh, we, we spin a lot of lies in our head. Satan puts a lot of lies in our head about the grass being greener and, and that kind of thing. And as we've talked so often on this show, fantasies, in this case, for the men that we work with, about other women, and we start lusting after them, which is a form of coveting, um, that uh, we need to be incredibly uh, guarded about that. And one of the ways to do it is to be grateful for the women that God has put in our life. Even though, even the, um, the, the loving, um, godly women that try to remind you that your snowblower is good enough. Even those women. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I interpret, though, that Debbie's ability to say something like that to me in love is, uh, is a function of our companionship. Oh, it's also one of her gifts because yeah, she, she's that, that's just the essence of Debbie. Yeah. Debbie having the right. right way to remind you of that important uh, fact right. uh, without it being a, kind of a... An, an aggressive attack. Well, you know, it, it was anything but that. It's it wasn't like, an aggressive attack. No. She wasn't being critical. No, no. Uh, well, I think it's a, it's a fascinating to me, Randy, how oftentimes, uh, you know, Debbie uh, is the one who is going to remind me of basic uh, spiritual truths. You know, right. and that's one of the roles of a companion. And if she and I are close enough that I trust her to speak into my life and. She trusts me to speak into her life. That's a rare thing. You know, that's 
that's a one flesh union, that's companionship, and that's really knowing each other. And I've always found it a source of great joy with all of my uh, theological training and uh, you know my degrees in divinity and, and so forth, that my ability to read Greek and Hebrew, <laughs> uh, that Debbie is often the one uh, that gets the gist of the biblical message and can, uh, re in, in her uh, personal devotions, uh, she was showing me something last night uh, where, uh, uh, given some stuff going on in our lives right now, uh, I need to be aware of, and uh, she had been reading something about it, and, and she wanted to show it to me, and, you know, it was very helpful, very meaningful to me, and uh, so... I'm, I'm still trying to continue our theme with this one, which is we are told not to covet uh, things and other, other people's wives. And uh, therefore, you know, we are to be grateful for the wife that we've been given. Now, I, I hear some of our listeners saying uh, to themselves, uh, Dr. Laser doesn't know my wife. Uh, <laughs> have you ever met my uh, wife? Have you ever met my <laughs> wife? Uh, well... Uh, let, let me speak to the men for just a minute. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm going to get emotional thinking about this. I think that we are called as men to be spiritual leaders. Now, uh, if we are sinners, and we are, and we have screwed up royally with our addiction, if we are faithful and we repent and we return to the ways of the Lord and we get and maintain sobriety, then I think we are still called, uh, as men of purity at this point, again, to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Our wives, uh, <clears throat> for a time, uh, for a long time, for a very long time, for some, um, may not be happy campers. They might not be. They may have a lot of anger, a lot of triggering, and lots of stuff. This is one of those places where we are called to spiritually lead. And... Uh, where we are called to uh, 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 be patient and uh, to be gentle, uh, to be kind, to serve. I mean, if you look at all the fruits of the Spirit, you know, that, are, that Paul lists, I mean, that's what we're called to do. And uh, I can't guarantee this, but I've seen it happen so often that if men can adopt some of these spiritual attitudes, uh, it's amazing to me uh, how transformative that can be in the relationship. And there will come a day, uh, I'm speaking to all of you men who are wondering about this, there will come a day if you continue to be the man that God calls you to be, that uh, you might be incredibly surprised by how the reactions and so forth of your wife uh, change. So, but it's up to you. Uh, it's kind of leadership. It's not demanding anything. It's not being critical of things. It's being uh, uh, thankful and uh, being patient and kind and, and uh, slow to anger and all that kind of stuff. That interpretation of this commandment is exactly why we have more listeners with every show. Yeah. Well, that's... That's what we're here for. That is what we're here for. Would you like to wrap it up with one final thought as we close today's show? Well, given the fact that this is the last in our series, I'm just going to... Uh, uh, Remind the listeners to, you know, go over these commandments on a more regular basis than most of us historically have. And as you're going over them, uh, thinking about what we're not supposed to do, um, uh, 
remember to flip the coin and say, what is God calling us to do? What is God calling us to, to do to serve him and, and to draw closer to him and to draw closer to each other like we were talking about today? Uh, just as a reminder, because we've been talking about packaging some of these uh, shows as a, as a series, and this indeed will be one of those series, uh, our series that we just concluded with today on the Ten Commandments. Um, don't know the time frame on this, but we certainly look forward with great anticipation of uh, being able to offer the Ten Commandments series uh, to you. So watch for that on our website. Um, Mark also mentioned in passing, before we close, I would be remiss if we did not thank all of our friends uh, down at the Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia, who uh, just did such a phenomenal job in helping us host the Fight of Your Life event yeah. last Saturday. We had in, in excess of 350 men, men and their sons, uh, fathers. We had, we had 70 sons there. 70 sons. That's, mm-hmm. praise the Lord. Because that's exactly why this Mm -hmm. series, this program was created. Uh, You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett. We thank you for listening to our show today. We thank you for the talents and efforts of Aaron Wellman. And uh, Aaron, uh, show number three with you today, uh, and you still showed up. It's been wonderful, yeah. (laughs) Can Can we have a teaser? Randy, a teaser as we close our show. Well, we d- we deserve to give a teaser because we have got an exciting, a big show on the way for next week. We have uh, enlisted the talents and personality of one of Mark's friends, and that is Josh McDowell. And he will be joining us on the Men of Valor program next week. You're not going to want to miss that show. I know that we're all excited about it, and we hope that you will join us then. Strap on your whole armor because he's a coming. He's going to be in your face. I guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah, there will not be a shortage of enthusiasm on next there week's show. There will not be a shortage of adrenaline. We hope that today's show and this whole series on the Ten Commandments has been beneficial to you and a blessing. We hope that this coming week is a great week for you, filled with many blessings and great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.